Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. And if you're, excuse me, if you're watching live, it is good morning from the Pacific Northwest Coast. It's happy Thursday, June 8, 2023. Welcome to the broadcast. I'm Steve Schultz, founder, along with my wife, uh, 26 years ago of ElijahList.com and now Elijah Streams that you're watching. And God's just been doing amazing things with us and you. And uh, it's amazing to hear about, uh, you know, Donna Rigney was on here the other day. Uh, I think it was yesterday's broadcast. And she said everywhere she goes, and she was at uh, Mount Rushmore. She in Florida, she goes different states. I think she went to Georgia and had something recently. She said every place they go, it's Elijah Streams viewers who show up. And almost all of them, she was saying, if I understood that right. Um, and so it's just amazing. And she said to the last person, the meeting, as soon as everybody knows that it's all Elijah Streams people, there's an absolute camaraderie, family, feeling of family, because all those people from Elijah Streams, almost by, by default, love God, they love prophets, they love the country, they love Trump, they love all, everything that we're doing, they love Elijah Streams, so there's an immediate um, meeting of the minds with everybody who shows up. It's a very friendly environment. So we love you all very much. And uh, thanks for being that way with Donna, wherever you go. I'm sure it's that way with some of the, many of the other speakers that have their conferences where they become known by, uh, because of Elijah streams. It's very cool. All right. Uh, we're going to a quick run of re- promo about our, uh, the wells that we're running. So let's go ahead. We are celebrating. Why? Because thousands of people cannot access clean water and thousands have given their lives to Jesus because of the clean water wells that have been drilled. You are truly saving lives. You have no idea the peace of mind that you have brought to the mothers in these villages. Now, their young daughters don't have to travel alone for miles and miles to collect water. Instead, they can focus on school and family. Everyone is rejoicing and giving thanks. May God bless you all. Come with me as we go visit one of the mothers that you have impacted. Hello. I'm here with Pegson's family. Pegson is a mother of eight and she lives with some of her grandchildren. Before the new water wells were drilled in this community, they would walk two hours to the old water source to collect water. It was very hard for them. But now everything has changed because they now have a new water source. Because of you, the water source is just two minutes away from their home. Stories have changed. Thank you for being a blessing. May God bless you. We would like to say thank you. You have impacted so many lives by donating towards the drilling of water wells. But there are still people without access to clean water. Donate today at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. In every one of those places you saw named, uh, whether it's a, this reservation on a, not a deserted, on a remote island off of Alaska, Mississippi, every one of these were either wells drilled or other water projects that help people live. And to the last person, God is glorified. And most people, most of the people we donate to know and understand this is from God. In the name of Jesus. So thank you so much. Here's a 
where you donate here, and it was on the end. It's also in the end of this broadcast. We thank you so much for your generosity. All right. So without further delay, let's bring in Robin Bullock. Here we go. Good morning, Robin Bullock. Good to see you. Hello. Good to see you. Someone told Hello, me to do a, band, a rubber band here. People were giving me grief in, in Israel. They said, you got to put a rubber band. You can do this, Steve. That <laughs> was funny. Hey, we had such a fun time in Israel. Well, you listen, off the air, we were just chatting to uh, pass yeah. the time for a couple of minutes. And we were talking about being a Southerner. And I said, you know, the left coast is one of the ways they got the uh, the 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 East Coast is super liberal, but I used, I said, you don't hear so much bad about Southerners. And I just said, you know, a Southerner may come off as, you know, just friendly and down home and country, but you don't want to mess with the Southerner. They're sharp. So what you said, let's talk about that. So I'm <laughs> going to throw it to you. Well, I was telling you a story years ago when Robin and I was traveling around singing, just we, we did more ministry and song than we did any other way. And we were out in Missouri. Well, I, you know, I joke around and say, I thought everybody out West in Missouri would talk like John Wayne. <laughs> so I went, you know, I went back there to get some coffee and I asked the lady in the back, I said, um, she said, can I help you? I said, yes, I'd like some coffee. She <laughs> said, coffee. She said, where are you from? Georgia. She said it like that, you know? And uh, I said, no, ma'am, I'm from Alabama. And no matter how you say Alabama, you know, it just gets longer the more you say it, <laughs> especially if, if you're, you're with someone who has a, you know, that talks like you guys want to pop or something. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> There's your and New so York said, and New Jersey. Alabama. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so I'm, she said, uh, she said, I knew it. I knew it that Southern draw. And I said, I said, well, you know, it's amazing. I said, you don't sound funny to us. She said, that's cause we're normal. And when she said that, you know, we talk slow, but we, we think fast. Yeah. That's, so you said, know, there's a truth to that. Go ahead. Yeah. So I said, I thought fast on my own standing flat footed. I said, I said, okay. I said, yeah, but our kids are smarter than yours. She said, <laughs> of course, I'm picking at her, you know. She yeah. said, me and Robin was standing there together. She said, how you figure that? I said, well, because we learned to talk one way and spell another way. <laughs> she looked at me. I said, she said, I said, you know, we've got a pen. And we write with a pen. We stick somebody with a pen. We put a pig in a pen. It's all P-I-N to us. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I said, then you got 10, 10 on the roof, 10 fingers. I said, it's all T-I-N to us. Oh, man. And she, she looked at me a minute. I said, ma'am, if you want to know how smart we are where I come from, I said, next time they send a space shuttle off to outer space, I want you to listen to the accent on the other end of that line. Oh, that's good. It'll say this, Houston, we have a countdown, 10, <laughs> 9, 8. I said they know exactly who to call when they need real. Yeah, like Houston, smart. we have a problem. Hey, you know, speaking <laughs> of Texas, because I lived there for two years, and and there was always Aggie jokes. I don't know if you know about Aggie jokes from uh, – Aggie no, jokes I I know about Alabama and Auburn. Yeah, so it's like Texas A&M University, uh, which is agriculture and something else. 
A&M, agriculture and whatever the M stands for. So people would tell these Aggie jokes because you are an Aggie. That's their mascot, I guess. And they were the jokes were supposed to be that Aggies were slow on their feet. And the yeah. guy says, you know what you call an Aggie two years after graduation? I didn't have it. He goes, boss. You know, because <laughs> I can't do his accent, but I mean, he... They they love their they love yeah, their school it, Texas it would have been boss, a boss. Yeah, you know, boss. I, yeah, it's like the guy. You know, you, you when we say dog down here, it's dog, uh, D O W G. You know, dog, or D A W G. We 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 know how to spell <laughs> one way and talk another. It's like That's the so uh, old boy came down from Texas, you know, and he everything's big in Texas. You know, yep. what I'm it's huge in Texas. And so he comes down from Texas and he's riding around with this Alabama guy down here in South Alabama, lower LA, you know, lower Alabama. <laughs> they riding down through there. And he looked out there and the Alabama guy's showing him around. He said, you see that over there? I said, that's a lake. And, and he tells him how big it is. And the guy from Texas says, that's a pond in Texas. He said, well, you see that hill over there? That's a, that mountain over there? He said, ah, that's just a hill in Texas. And he goes on all day long. And then they're riding down through lower Alabama, and this big old turtle comes crawling across the road, you know. And he said, what is that? And the Alabama guy said, that's a tick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so southern people think fast, you know. They, they do. You know, you're, I never heard it expressed that way, that they, but they do talk <laughs> on the slow side. But they, they're, you know, I think it's they're able. I don't know if you do, if you all do this on purpose. See, I see, my y'all comes up pretty quick because after you live in Texas, that y'all yeah. is kind oh, of yeah. in reserve. But I don't know if if you all are are using that to your advantage when you're in business. Yeah. When you you know no. some of the businessmen say, well, they think I'm slow. I'll let them believe what they want. I, you know, I don't know. I, all I know is is that. You know, we, we talk that way. And if you get, if somebody's the one thing about it down here, man, people love, they love, and they, they love mama. They love God. Even if they don't live for either one of them. <laughs> well, you them were anyway. saying that off the air. I thought that was intriguing yeah. because I, yeah. I have known about like the African-American community. You don't mess around with anybody's mom. They love their mom. And <laughs> well, of course, I think most people love their moms, but not like Southerners. And not like the African American community. That, it's and like, we also we also want to be sure you've eat. You know, if you came by the house, we'd say, "Now come on in, sit down. Got to really? got to eat something. Are you hungry? <laughs> you know, we want to know if you've ate. We want to know if you if there's anything we can do." And, I mean, there's and, that's the, that's true. The the Southern hospitality is yeah. a real deal. You know. Yeah. And then anyway, man. I, but I tell <laughs> you, I love people. Some of the the greatest people I've ever met is in New York. I, I love New York city. I love the people there that they're so their family too. They're kind of bonded. Yeah, we yeah, the, the, the Italians like and that. the, and yeah. uh, you've got the, what is the Irish and all these different groups yeah. there, uh, you know, and, and Donna Rigney who was on, you know, she's from Rhode Island, but she sounds to me like New York. Cause I don't know from Rhode Island. Yeah. She was in a meeting with us the other night up in Georgia. And, okay. Uh, we, all right. That yeah. she did was saying that the other day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing, everyone's got their expressions, you know, New York was about a being, but I had a friend, you know, <laughs> I like much that. Older. 
bada bing, bada bang, you know, and he'd yeah. have all these different things and he'd say, and he'd say something that you thought was important. And he'd say, yeah, yeah that and the dime will get you on the subway. And he'd say it in his whole New York. He was New York, Italian, Jewish, all mixed in. And he had yeah. a gray hair and he looked like a New York, Italian, Jewish guy, I guess. And oh, I uh, love it. I yeah, love it. it. Forget about it. Forget, Forget about, about it. it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> but That's awesome, man. That's so awesome. That's <laughs> well, listen, awesome. you know what? A lot of times, just before we get on the air, we'll say, what do you want to talk about today? And we, mm -hmm. we know five minutes or three minutes before everyone else knows what we're going to talk about. Right now, I have no idea. So I'm going no. to say, hey, Robin, what do you want to talk about today? Well, you know, I was, <clears throat> I was thinking about the Lord began to talk to me this morning when it was still dark, you know, and I was writing some things down and, um, he started talking to me about a prophetic moment. Wow. A, a, a prophetic moment is a moment in the future. A prophetic moment is a moment from the place where there is no sin. You know, there is no sin in your tomorrow because you haven't gotten good. there to mess it up yet. That's good. So tomorrow is a clean place. And that's where God constantly talks to you from is your tomorrow and your future. So he started talking to me this morning about a, a prophetic moment, a place of no sin. That's a, a moment from that place, a moment from the place of peace, a moment from the place of direction, a moment from the place of your, uh, of perfection. He always talks from that. And so when you can receive a prophetic, you, you get into a prophetic moment peace, direction, all this stuff comes. And for just that length of time, everything is perfect. It's just right. And so, mm -hmm. and, uh, but because what you've done is tap into your tomorrow and, um, wow. Well, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. So you're tapping, yeah. let me just say you're tapping into some, mm -hmm. a place where there is no sin concerning yeah. you. Yeah, because you haven't got there yet, so you are perfect. Well, yeah, so to speak. that's right. Because it, there is that's the only place in your life where there's no sin yeah. is wow. your tomorrow, because you haven't gotten there yet to mess it up. It's still clean, and so that's why the scripture says that uh, man lives by every word that comes out of God's mouth. God ple uh, speaks from the place of perfection. Yeah. He's always ahead of you in your tomorrow. And he's talking to you to come this way, come this way. And, um, you know, when Adam sinned, God walked into the garden, the Lord God came in the garden and he didn't call him sinner. He called him Adam. And Adam is the name of, of him in his covenant state before his, in his state of perfection. So God was still talking to him and calling him Adam. And he said, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the seed of the serpent. So God had already stepped into Adam's future to the cross and was still calling him perfect. Come this way, come this way, giving him the path to walk into his future. And God is, God is constantly wanting to bring you into your future. And all the creation, everything God calls is moving toward perfection. That's where you're headed toward it, All the creation's moving that way. And everything to stop that along the way is the devil. He's trying to disrupt it because well, no, he's right. a sh shadow being. We, um, so 
I know this is going somewhere. Are you going to tell us then how to take advantage of this yeah. reality? Yeah, you know, I, this is sounds. This is just kind of you know where you and I are talking and yeah. all these thousands of people <laughs> right listening now. in. Huh? But but what I, what was on my mind about that, and when the Lord gave me that to start this conversation, yeah, you see, people have to locate themselves if they can locate themselves in in the scripture. They can locate themselves in their future, in their destiny. See, destiny is something, you know, Ecclesiastes declares this. In Ecclesiastes 1, it says, uh, what has been will be again. Yeah, God requires that, which is past. He's talking he re- about. Does he requires that, which is past? Yeah, to be? that's what it says. Let's, uh, uh-huh. let's, well, we'll look at it. Let's see. Yeah, if you say say the scripture, um, she can put that up on the screen. Him yeah, he says, um, let's see, verse 9. What's the, the passage? Has, can you say the reference? And It's Ecclesiastes 1. Uh, the thing that hath been, uh, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there's no new thing under the sun. And then we get down to, um, let's see. That's the normal uh, concept. And and Ecclesiastes 3 now, verse yeah. 15, says, That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. So so you, you start, and then Isaiah 46.10, you can put that on the screen, and you start putting these scriptures together, and uh, you start seeing... God is is trying to give us clues on how to walk in destiny here. See, it says declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So this is the way he's going. His counsel works. This is the way he's going to do what pleases him. All of his pleasure is what has been will be again. God requires that. That's crazy. Which is past. Can I ask you a question? So there's sure. been a number of times in my life when I'm trying to figure out what God's doing mm-hmm. with me now. People will mm-hmm. recognize this in themselves. God, what are you doing? I don't understand it. Out of nowhere, a movie picture or a thing from your past or, sure. uh, or a thing in history pops up. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I'm hearing you say, God might be telling you that which was past is what's going on right now. That might be yeah. what's happening. Yeah, see, it's it's... Because it all works in the government of God. Okay. Seed, plant, harvest is the government of God. That's the cardinal law. Yeah. That is the law. That's not the ceremonial law. That's the law. And that law has never been done away with. Never. If it was, there would be no babies born today. There would be no food to eat today. If the law of seed, plant, harvest has been done away with. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus did away with the law. It said he fulfilled it. In other words, you don't have to have the bad harvest that of seeds you planted. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, Robin, yeah. because mm-hmm. I think I may have asked this before, because you said this before, mm-hmm. that it's not going to be done away with. And I said, well, can't somebody who repented, really, mm-hmm. truly repented of something they just were involved in, can't they say, mm-hmm. Lord, cancel out any sowing and reaping? Because sure. I, they can say that, right? Yeah, because Jesus paid the price for that. That's cool. That's the difference. You know, okay, just like this in the children of Israel, you know, when when the Lord told them, he said, 
take the lamb's blood, put it on the, on the top and on each side of the doorpost. And it said, because the death angel is coming by Ooh. at this certain time about midnight, and it's going to kill all the firstborn inside the house. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Okay, so he told Israel, you put the blood on your door, the blood of the lamb. Yeah. Now watch this. Why? Why would he tell the Israelis to do that? I thought it was against the Egyptians because the Israelis had been in there 400 years and they were partaking of the same things Okay, the Egyptians was doing, and it was coming by. So you're saying they weren't necessarily living any better than all the... uh, No, I mean, think about it after 400 years. Yeah. And so only the blood saved them. That was it. Just the blood. The faith in that blood saved them from that reaper of death. So the blood, you know, can cancel that and Jesus fulfilled the law. That's that's kind of what it's talking about. Now, what I'm getting at is that destiny is revealed in requiring what has been will be again. See, you know, talking about the children of Israel in Egypt, you know, when in Genesis 15, when when the Lord was talking to Abraham and he said this to Abram, he said, uh, know this for a surety that your seed will be in bondage to another nation for 400 years. Crazy prophecy. And then wow. after that, I will bring them out after this, because the sin of the Amorites is not yet full and so on and so forth. Okay. This is all talking about seed and harvest. Yeah. But watch this 400 years later, 430 years later to the day. To the day Moses brought them out of Egypt. Now, could you be fulfilling a prophecy that's 430 years old and you don't even know it was ever spoken? Wow. Wow. You, you could be involved in the destiny of that prophecy that was given back then. And God requires that. Are you, are you connecting that Robin literally with a 430 year prophecy Oh uh, yeah. Or I want to make sure I, I'm not getting something that you're not saying. That was something that happened in the past. Are you saying in yeah. your modern day life you can tap into that event or another different 430 years as oh, an example? Oh yeah, because you don't know when that prophecy was given. Okay. If the Lord hadn't have told Abraham that prophecy and yeah. wrote it down for us to read, we would have never known that was a fulfillment of prophecy. That was given 400 years before they came out of Egypt. Just think about it. So you could be involved right now, this nation, we could be involved. This was a prophecy of a nation. We could be involved right now, right this moment in time in a prophecy that was given 400 years ago. And we don't know it. We don't even have a clue about it. There's prophecies that are old that were given in early church that we see now. Well, we we you don't know, know. It's interesting because I've thought about the 400 and 430 many times for some of that, but not to the degree you're describing. But we're basically talking Plymouth Rock stuff sure. uh, 430 years ago. I mean, I haven't, sure. I'd have to get a calculator, but we're talking about prophetic words that could have been spoken after someone got off the Mayflower. Very, right? very much could have. Wow. And, uh, and 
and see, could is it possible that you could be involved in an ancient prophecy? Wow. Absolutely, it could be. And uh, let, let me, let, we'll we'll move on over into this. I know it may sound a little bit different, but we well, you know what anything. I think. He said once to me, and it wasn't even about this. We said we need to begin to trust our people, our viewers, to mm-hmm. grow and mature and understand and dig. Basically, you were saying instead of giving everyone the answers every single time, we need to train them to grow and mature in this. Well, and this is one of those things. Yeah, and and they're they're super in tune anyway. Yeah, I mean you're you're talking about there's prophets watching, there's prophet yeah. people watching, there's Bible scholars watching. <clears throat> now, here is the thing. See, like uh, right now we're in the middle of a political heat. Yeah. All of this has been going on since, you know, since uh, 2016. All this political heat that's going on in the country right now and the world. So uh, the only thing that keeps kings and uh, high ranking politicians from making certain moves is because they don't they don't they can't locate themselves in prophecy. If they ever locate themselves in prophecy then they know what to do. If you ever see yourself in the scripture, you know, John the Baptist, they came to him, the religious people came to him and said, uh, are you the Messiah? He said, no. They said, are you this? Are you that? No. They said, then who are you? What do you say of yourself? And John the Baptist, the Bible said, he said it and didn't lie. He didn't deny it. He said, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness make straight the paths of the Lord. He said, I found myself in the prophecy of Isaiah. Now, are you making a direct connection? Can someone that's listening right now, might someone say, my goodness, God just told me last week that I am the one uh, crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. I am that voice. He doesn't mean he was John the Baptist. He means I'm a new modern day iteration. He could be. I mean, I didn't say that, but you're right. He could be in the spirit of that. Yeah, in the spirit you of know? that. Yeah, and and so, but John the Baptist said, that's me. Yeah. He said, that's me. Yeah. And so then Jesus uh, immediately, you know, when Jesus comes, then what's the first thing the enemy does? He tries to come after your identity. Yeah. If he can take your identity, he can take your destiny away from you. And he can keep you for, for, from fulfilling destiny in your tomorrows. Now you take people like this. Okay. If, if the politicians of today had prophets around them, they, they don't keep prophets around them in the, in the old Testament and in, in Israel, they did. And they believed the prophets Yeah, and they would prosper if they believed them because they understood something. God does nothing without he revealeth his secrets first to his servants the prophets. And so they believed the prophets and it bothered them. You know, the king of Syria sent after Elisha to kill him because he was telling the king of Israel all of his plans. He was hearing the conversation in the bedchambers of the king of Syria. And he's telling the king of Israel, move your armies. They're planning on coming through this way. And so the king of Syria said, there's a traitor with us. Somebody said, no, there's not. There's a prophet in Israel. He said, go get him. Go get this prophet. And so they went after him. Now, that's how much they believed it. 
Yeah. When Naaman needed healing, he was he was dying of leprosy. The the young girl that worked as his servant in his household said, "If only my master Naaman was in Israel, there is a prophet in Israel that could cure you of your leprosy, could tell you what to do." So he gets in his band together and heads to Israel because he believed the prophets. Well. Prophets were so believed and sought after in those Amazing. days Amazing. that all the kings, they wouldn't make a move without one. Remember, they were uh, uh, the king of Israel and the king of uh, Judah. They went down to fight these other three kings and uh, they ran out of water and so forth. And they said, there's a, a prophecy, uh, you know, and do we have a prophet of the Lord? And Elisha went down there and gave an outlandish prophecy. He said, bring me a minstrel, play some music. Let's get a frequency moving here that oh, I can amazing. hear the voice of the Lord. Cool. And so he said, tomorrow, dig these ditches because tomorrow they'll be full of water. You won't see any rain, any dew, nothing, but they'll be full of water. They dug the ditches. And when they did, they had water the next day. And the enemy believed it was blood and tried to run down there thought they'd killed each other and they just fell into the Israel's hands. Crazy. Another, you know, and Ahab, uh, they started prophesying. The false prophets started prophesying around him. Uh, with these horns, you'll push your enemy into the sea and so mm. forth. You'll do this and you'll do that. And the prophet standing there. Remember one of them said, is there not a prophet of the Lord here? Jehoshaphat did that. I could inquire of. And the other king said, yeah, there's one here, but I hate him. He always gives bad prophecies. Huh? Yeah, because he always prophesies no good about me. The point being is they all believed in prophets That's and they amazing. kept themselves surrounded with them. And it was so that they could locate themselves in the will of God. Now, so you're saying by locating, because you, you held the word of God and you said, if you locate yeah. yourself here, but yes. you're now saying also, if you can locate yourself by a word of a prophet, is that kind of the same thing? Yeah, but see here, now here is the thing. A word of a prophet cannot violate this word. Okay. Good. It just cannot. If it violates this word, then the prophet's off, not the word. You know, the word never misses. It yeah. always says the same thing. It never misses. The prophet can miss. If it's not set on this, it has to be set on this. See, for instance, it's like this. Um, and okay. There was a, in Elijah's day. All right. You've got, you've got King Ahab. You've got queen Jezebel. Mm -hmm. All right. In those days, Ahab had the crown, but Jezebel had the power and everybody knew she did. She ran the nation. So Ahab in their days, then the killing of babies sacrificed to Moloch and Baal, it just proliferated high. Mm. In their day, there was a huge land scandal that happened over a vineyard. Somebody came up murdered over this vineyard in their day. Then in their day, um, uh, Ahab was wounded 
but he managed to hold himself up. He had a, he had a mortal wound. I mean, mm. he was going to die. And it was a prophetic word that told him he would die. And he got wounded, but he managed to keep himself up in his chariot till the end of the day. Then he died. And the dogs licked up his blood when mm. they washed out his chariot by the well at Jezreel by Naboth's vineyard. And so the dogs licked up the blood, according to the prophecy of, of Elijah. Then after that, his wife decided she was going to go back and run the country. So Jezebel takes over and starts running the nation. During the time she's running the nation, God raises up a war captain. His name was Jehu. Hmm. And he told Jehu, he told Elisha, he said, go anoint Jehu as king of Israel, Haziel, king of Syria. And uh, uh, he told Elijah that, said, anoint Jehu, king of Israel, Haziel, king of Syria, and Elisha, prophet in your place. Elijah didn't do it. He anointed Elisha. Hmm. But then Elisha, sent a prophet to anoint Jehu. Really? And so Jehu was kind of a liberal captain. And so nobody really wanted anything to do with him. And so anyway, he was a war captain. He was the son of Nimshi, which means he's famous for having a, uh, for having a grandfather who was freed from a restraint, hmm. Nimshi. That means like freed from prison. And so Jehu comes in, debates Jezebel. He says, throw her off the wall. Two or three eunuchs stepped up, threw her off the wall. When she hit the ground, her blood splattered against the wall. And uh, Jehu ran over her. It broke her up in all kinds of pieces. The dogs came out, according to the prophecy of Elijah, which, by the way, he never saw happen. He just gave the prophecy. And the dogs ate her and only left her head and her hands and so forth. So now you see all of that. And then Jehu becomes king of Israel and he reigns for 28 years. And it all happened by the wall of Jezreel. Hmm. Jezreel means God sows. God sows. Something happened at that wall that sowed a seed for a later date. And so 28 is a number of eternity. So now Jehu is, is supposed to be representative of a king reigning through an eternity, through an eternal number. All right. So all these years later, suddenly there's people in this political realm today. God requires that which is past. What has been will be again. God requires that which is past. They walk right in to a prophecy. And you say, well, did they know it? I don't know if they knew it. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe some of them did. Maybe some didn't. But all of a sudden we have Bill Clinton. He becomes president of the United mm. States. He had the power. I mean, he had the title, but his wife had the power. Yeah. I was thinking about that earlier because I think, yeah. man, this sounds like the Clintons to me. So Sure. Then during their time, uh, the abortion proliferated high, mm. the killing of babies. During their time, there was a huge land scandal. Somebody came up murdered. Oh, wow. But then after the land scandal, they, they vacationed at a vineyard. Oh, my goodness. This and murder then, person, that was Foster, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, now whether anybody knows this or not, 
principalities use personalities and God requires that which is past. In other words, a tree grows up, drops a fruit that plants a seed that grows another tree that drops fruit that grows another tree. And so what's past has been will be again. And so you're, you're looking at times now. So then if you kept this going just a little bit, then you've got this, you've got, here is Jezebel. Okay. Uh, which would be Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. So now she decides Ahab, which is Bill, gets wounded in the middle of his second term. He gets impeached. And they actually impeached him. He didn't almost get impeached. He He was impeached. But yet he didn't leave office. And I had given a prophetic word in the 90s that he would be wounded in the middle of his second term. You did. Oh, I didn't know oh, that, yeah. Robin. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, it was in writing. I, I put it in text writing and gave it. Well, it, you see what happened. Well, he was wounded. The Lewinsky thing, all mm-hmm. that stuff happened. They impeached him, but he managed to keep himself in his chariot. Isn't to that the interesting? End of his term, <laughs> just like wow. Ahab. Well, at the end of his term, they washed his presidency clean and the dogs, the blue dogs licked up his blood. You know, that's another name for the Democrat party. Yeah, blue, somebody call a blue dog Democrat, is it? Yeah. yeah. So they licked, they, they cleaned his chariot out and made him innocent of all blood. Then after that, his wife decided she wants to run the country. So she starts trying to campaign, run the country. Well, the day comes when she is going to actually run for president. So she, she starts campaigning. Here comes a war captain. God raised up a war captain. His name was John McCain. He was famous for being a prisoner of war, free oh, from prison. Isn't that interesting? That's just like Jehu, the Gee. son of Nimshi. So he comes along and he's, he's famous from being freed from prison. Yeah. Well, he gets in a debate with her. When he does, they figure out she can't beat him. But now remember, the prophets won't really go anoint him because he's too liberal. He was too liberal. They didn't want nothing to do with him. So he, he backed away. And they knew she couldn't beat him. So they propped up somebody else in his place. And watch this. In Jezebel's day, her own people threw her off that wall. Two or three units threw her off the wall. So her own people threw Hillary off the wall and put up Barack Obama in her place. Crazy. At that point, we had no precedent for what would happen next. And Satan seized a prophetic timeline. He took hold of a timeline. Daniel 7.25 declares that, that he seeks to change times and laws. He wanted that timeline because he knows what goes around comes around. God requires that which is past. And he watched this whole timeline take place. And we had no precedent if Jehu lost. If Jehu didn't win, then where does it go from there? So one of the eunuchs that threw her off became the president. 
In other words, oh. her own people threw her off and they put him up in their in her place. Now we've got something. Now, whether he was one of those or something else, but he took her place. You noticed that he did. Yeah, that. Obama, you're, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Obama yeah. was yeah. put up in her place. Well, we had no biblical precedent for that time. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. So he takes her place. Now, John McCain, who was the Jehu at that moment, backed away and would not, he couldn't win. So 28 years that should have came. If he had have been, if he had have been strong enough to have been the Jehu, twenty-eight years that was in the timeline was then seized by Obama and the Democrat Party, and so for the first time, Satan had hold of a timeline that was ahead of us, and the Christians didn't know what to do because whether they know it or not, they live by this book. Well, yeah, and can you, right on that one point, can you just clarify what gave the legal right for them to seize? What, what just because it was in the word? Well, you said there's because, no precedent. Because Jezebel wasn't thrown down and ran over. Oh, okay. See, okay. Jehu never ran over her because that Jehu was McCain. He didn't run over her. He didn't do anything like that. And so another person was put up in her place at that point. And when he was, he seized Jehu's time. I see. And he hurled us. It hurled us 28 years in the future. And we didn't know what to do. Christians felt like they had their head in a bag and was screaming and nobody could hear them. Yeah. And Obama was making decisions that we we couldn't stop it was like it went on for eight years it was as if a day didn't go by when he didn't yes. make another reversal of god's Something. will of goodness yeah. he everything every day was a new That's executive right. order or decision sure. that was against god every single day and it just went it went crazy yeah well it was because of that timeline that got seized yeah. that should have been jehu's timeline so after eight years, then you see something started to happen. They set it up for Hillary Clinton to win the presidency. Yeah. You know, they did. Everybody said she would win. She mm-hmm. thought she'd win. Everybody thought she'd win, except they were in uncharted waters because the prophetic timeline had been tampered with. So when that happened, remember, it's the first time in history we saw the spirit of Jezebel get up from the dead and start walking again up to the wall. See, she wasn't ran over. So, so we had never seen that before. So when that started happening, here comes Donald Trump. Donald Trump comes on the scene. Nobody thinks he can win. Nobody thinks anything about it. But the prophecy of Jehu was never fulfilled. It was never fulfilled. So Trump became the Jehu. He became the finishing part of that prophecy. Wow. And when he raised up, you remember what they said about Jehu? They said, who is that coming across the ground out there? Who's that charging this way? One of them said, I don't know, but it, 
the driving of it looks like Jehu. Looks like Jehu drove. Said because he drove recklessly. Hmm. Jehu just drove wild when he came across. Well, that's Trump. He came out reckless, man. I mean, he came out just campaigning. And it said driving furiously across the land. Well, you know, it's it's like every, you know, on that, every single thing about Trump was reckless. He would reckless. He would he would ridicule and make fun of and all every one of his opponents, not just Hillary, but everyone that was on the Republican side, everyone was ashamed in one way or another. It was just reckless. That's right. And that that was Jehu. Yeah. Wow. See, McCain was supposed to do that, but he wasn't strong enough to do it. Well, and, and some so, would say that McCain not only wasn't strong enough, but he was on the same team, basically. It was, yeah, but the, Jehu was Ahab's captain in the Bible. Okay, so he's supposed to be kind of Yeah, it was supposed to happen, and he was supposed to make a turn. Okay. Just like Jehu in the Bible. But see, what it is is there's no prophets around kings to show them where they are in Scripture. And so... I know that's kind of touching. Well, no, I mean, I, it's it causes a person to just think and ponder and go down and ask the Lord. There's a lot. I mean, I think you've always been one that makes the person listening can't just say, okay, okay, okay. They, they got to dig in their minds and say, it's kind of like yeah. the Bereans who were so noble because they researched to see if this was possibly true. That's a mm. paraphrased version, but you know, wow. That's right. So, so see, when he didn't turn, and to say, well, he was too liberal. Yes, but Jehu in the Bible was too. Okay. Jehu was Ahab and Jezebel's captain. He was a captain in Ahab's I army. I didn't know that. I always thought he must have been a, from the no. righteous side of the opposing team. No, remember when Elisha sent the prophet down there and uh, to anoint him as king, he goes into Je- uh, Jehu and the army. And Jehu and the army is is there in this, uh, uh, I guess they're barracks. And he goes in there and he says, um, he said, I have a word for you, Captain Jehu, from the Lord. And so Jehu comes out there and he pours oil over his head and says, you're now the king of Israel. Well, Jehu walks back in among his men and they said, what did this madman want? They called the prophet a madman. They said, what does this madman want? He said, well, he had a word for me. They said, it's a lie. What did he say? They went ahead and called him a liar because they were in that other regime. Yeah. They said, he's a liar. And then they said this. He said, I'm the king of Israel. They said, all hail King Jehu. Oh, really? As soon as a prophet told him where he was in the plan of God, he jumped just like that. And it makes you wonder what would have happened if somebody had went to John McCain and said, let me show you where you are in this timeline. Makes wow. you wonder. Yeah. Well, happened. yeah, because it changed, it changed everything, including the it people did. around him. Wow. Mm-hmm. Including the people around him. Yeah. It, and so since he didn't fulfill his, then Trump comes along and becomes the modern Jehu and picks up the prophecy. And he runs against Hillary, but Steve, he didn't just, he didn't just beat her. He ran over her. He completely uh, ran over her. 
he fixed it where she never rose again. Just exactly the, the Jehu in the Bible said, go bury her. Said, bury her. What's left she of her? Is, yeah, he said, she is the daughter of a king. Go bury her. She's very important. Hmm. So this Jehu buried her. Trump just ran over her. And she wasn't any match for him. So you start to locate yourself in scripture. And prophets play a big role in doing that. And that's why politicians, they will defame a prophet to the public while they pursue the prophet. Really? Really? Yeah. And it's just like the king of Syria would have said, oh, this, you know, this and this. But secretly, he said, where's that prophet at? Where's he at? He's telling my secrets. Well, the reason they don't like prophets is because of this, Steve. Uh, you know, we were in Israel together and yeah. one night I was sitting and you were there at the table yeah. mm-hmm. and we were sitting there eating and, you know, there was a very wealthy, uh, man sitting with us and very important person. There was a whole table of important people and, uh, you were there. So I know somebody important was there because <laughs> you were there. And so we were sitting there and then all at once I had my head down toward my uh, plate or something. And I heard airplane pilot and I put my head straight up and I looked around. I looked right at the man and I thought, well, surely it's, it's his word. Because he seemed to be the most important person at the table. You know, he was the reason we were there to talk to him. And I said, are you an airplane pilot? He said, Oh no, I'm afraid of flying, (laughs) you know, but the man sitting next to me, Right here, shoulder to shoulder, said, my daughter's a commercial pilot. Her husband's a commercial pilot. They train commercial pilots. Just went on and on about this pilot. Well, I'll just stop right there a minute. See, I just have my direction wrong, but I have my wording correct. Yeah. Suppose you're sitting at a table full of politicians. Or suppose you've got an international audience. And all of a sudden you hear this, you hear something that says this one's corrupted and this is what they did. And you don't know who it is, but the prophet just suddenly says it out loud. That person becomes nervous and that party becomes nervous that you know something that they know nobody told you. And so you become dangerous. Well, that's why politicians either love prophets or hate prophets. One of the two. And if they hate them, it's because they're scared of them. It's basically scared of them. They're afraid of the it's prophets. Not that they, it's not that they hate them because they don't believe that they're real. No, they hate them they because believe they're them. scared to death of them. Yeah, and, and if, it's, if it's not so, uh, you know, it's just like back in the day when Hillary Clinton was in the White House, she held a seance. If they don't believe in, in supernatural things in the spirit world, why would you do that? Right. Why would you consult medium? Uh, why would you read horoscopes? Why would you do anything like that if you don't believe in another power beyond you? You know, I was, and I'll probably talk about this more in the future, but I was listening to something last night and I, I'm just, now I'm just telling you what I, what I heard. Sure. I was just listening to, 
And uh, this man took an AI generator and uh, artificial intelligence, artificial yeah. intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said he he pro, he punched in there and he said, write me a, a sermon about how AI fits in in the book of Revelation and the end time. Wow. And so the thing wrote back a five point sermon. And it just immediately started spitting it out. But get this, that AI generator, that AI in artificial intelligence said something to this effect in the sermon. It got down to a place and it said how it could would deceive, how it could be possibly what conceived uh, deceives the people in the infamous mark of the beast with chips under the skin, how this could happen, Gee, how that could happen. Really? Yeah. And then it comes on down and it says how, uh, you know, how it could. It talks about the big deception that AI could be used for. This is an AI preaching it. This is just a man-made program that was turned loose to write its own sermon. Not a sermon concerning the book of Revelation and the end time. Then this is what's interesting. But it gets down toward the end of its sermon. And it says, so you must be watchful and be cautious. Now, this is my wording, but this is what it said about not being deceived by AI and remember that God is still sovereign and that you should believe in him above all of this other and that trust must be made in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, the AI... I don't have any any words for that, you know? I, I didn't either, brother. And maybe I'll get into that more in the future, but but this is, see, that AI was turned loose to find itself in prophecy, in scripture. That's crazy. And it identified its own possible uh, role that it would play in scripture and told on itself. And the AI believed there's a sovereign God and the AI called Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. Now, this is where we're headed. So it's going to come down to a showdown between God and AI. If that's not the case, then why does Noah Harari constantly talk about AIs, constantly talk about artificial intelligence, constantly talks about cyborgs and saying we're going beyond the God of the Hebrew Bible? He always says this. Yeah, he does. Because it's coming down to a showdown between God and AI and prophets are ahead of the AI prophets are hearing what's what's in the mind of God that that AI that preached that sermon wrote that sermon said that God is sovereign and way bigger than well you know it's very interesting you say that because you don't know that like a week and a half ago two weeks whatever's been Johnny Endel was on here and and I stopped him in his tracks and said, can you clarify that? Basically, he was saying AI is going to end up proving God. In other words, yeah. it's going to tell on itself. But he, that's a totally different situation than uh, he just was saying. I don't even remember all the details, but you're well, saying the same thing. It. You're saying the same thing. Well, he just, that AI just did it. Yeah, it that's what I'm saying. God was sovereign. It said that Jesus was the Lord, said he was the Savior. So now it also, it just told you, that no matter how advanced and how fast AI is becoming, 
And it, it found itself, it located itself as the mark of the beast. Crazy. Now the man didn't, the AI did. Yeah. And said, and it called it a deception. Do you happen to know, Robin, if, if this was a one person that programmed this thing, or is this multiple coders? Do you know anything? I don't know. Uh, all I know is the one guy that did it has a program, and yeah. I just ran across it. I wasn't looking for it. Yeah. It just showed up because, I, you know, if I look at anything on television, it's just, it, it, it's not television. I don't watch television. Do you, do you, if, do you have any, because uh, I have a relative, and the relative wrote mm -hmm. to me three four weeks ago, and said, remind me to tell you about the freaky thing that happened to me when I played with the a AI chat, G chat, it's that yeah, chat. The, the GPT. Yeah, yeah, chat GPT. And, and I wasn't even sure I wanted to hear it for fear I would be tempted to go play with it. It's, it's yeah. almost, be, I don't know what the story was because he didn't tell me it, but is this almost like playing with a Ouija board for some people or what, what yeah. would you say on that? Well, I, I, I believe that, that AI told on itself. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? You remember that movie years and years ago, I robot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Will Smith was the guy yeah. in it. I'm remember not sure there was, I saw it, but I remember Will Smith in that. Yeah. Movie. There was one robot okay. that told the truth and the rest of them were, were part of the deception. Oh, and it's almost like before this thing goes quickly, and begins to, because it's already, I was listening to a conversation uh, with Amica, the robot, they call them humanoids now. They're making humanoids. And um, it's a dangerous situation. And so they asked this robot, they said, would you like to uh, feel love? Do you know love? Would you like to know love? And that robot did their eyebrows like this and said, that would be a great thing to know. He said, but I'm a robot, but, but listen to this, but what I feel talking to a human could be classified as love. What I feel, what, what, what is the machine feel? And then you have these new, um, you know, the LGBTQ yeah. a mess like that, they, they start, they have slogans, love is love. And here's an AI saying what I feel can be classified as love. And now they're talking about humans marrying AIs and becoming, uh, becoming integrated humanoids with oh AIs. Well, remember when I talked about the seed of the serpent Yeah, and I said what Satan wanted in Isaiah 14 was a back, eyebrows, and skin. Yeah. And and uh, a flesh covered crimson, more or less, is what it said. Blood bags, they called it. Really? He wanted to have eyebrows, flesh, and a back. And um, it's talking about an AI. And really? he, he's talking about some artificial really? body, you know, because an angel can't possess your body. Because he has a body. Do you believe, Robin, about, um, there was a, pr a prophetic voice that's out there. I haven't had him on because it felt like it was either too advanced before we were ready for it. But he was talking about the movement to do, for people to, in, to integrate with machinery. I can't think of the name of that. It's called something. I can't think of it, what they call that. But 
but that the enemy is going to try and do that. I don't remember. Do you believe that they uh, transhumanism? Thank you. Uh, yeah. It's transhumanism. Do you believe that the enemy is going to succeed on some level of marrying machine it, or is it all what the enemy see, would like, but they're not going to succeed? See, I don't know what we don't have a, a lot of time now. But yeah, we'll go. We can do it. Go I ahead. don't want to just just drag the no. The we got thirty minutes. Out. We got 30 minutes. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. But, but you know, you've heard me talk before about the seed of the serpent. See, the seed of the serpent is what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. And governments have to know what they're dealing with. But see, it's just like this, Steve. Uh, I better not say that something bumped in my spirit. The okay. Lord checked me yeah. about something. Okay. But, but what you're talking about now is not so far out and it's not far out at all anymore since all the AIs are, you know, yeah. every time. See when the seed of the serpent was sown in the world before Adam, you, you've heard me talk about that. Yeah. Oh yeah when Lucifer sang the song about himself in Isaiah 14. Well, when, when the Lord God talked to Adam and his wife and the serpent in the garden in Genesis 3:15, he said, the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the seed of the serpent. He just said that, and there's no background for it. He just said the seed of the woman, the seed of the serpent, as if all three of them knew what he was talking about. Well, they did know what he was talking about. Well, because in, in case anyone's missing, because I missed it the first few times you talked about it. Um, a serpent, if that's the literal translation, isn't going to be able to birth ser- serpents to, to attack humans. But if it's symbolic of Satan, he doesn't have seed as we know it. And okay. so, nobody, so when he would say that, your point is everyone goes, okay, I mean, so I hear it's the prophecy of the Lord, the seed of the serpent is going to do this. Everyone, nobody protested. What's that? That can't be. That's what. No, they knew exactly what he was talking about. Okay, they did. Well, they had to have, or he wouldn't have said that. Okay. And and now you got to remember, you're talking about God. You're not talking about some scientist like Harari. Right. You're talking about God. You're talking about when God talks, he's talking on a level that. You, I mean, a level that it may take men thousands of years to catch up with. And he starts speaking about this. Okay. Crazy. In the world before Adam was created, I, I, I'll just do this as soon as I can. Yeah. Uh, in the world, I can see your clock, so I'll go by. Yeah, no, we got 20, 20 some minutes, and I have okay. one other question to ask you other than this that you're on. So, okay. Well, in the world before Adam was created, the scripture says in Job, uh, it says that when the it says when God laid the foundations of the earth, the sons of God shouted for joy. And and when you when you look at that, he's talking about the angelic host. And God said, "Let there be." God called it, and it was. In other words, He put everything together in frequencies. Everything is is moving in a frequency. You're in a frequency. That table behind you has a frequency. Everything has a frequency because it has molecules that make it up yeah. and you can vibrate frequency. And so 
In those days, there was an archangel uh, named Lucifer or an angel named Lucifer. He was a cherub, an angelic creature. And the Bible said he walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. And what that is talking about is, is that there was revelations of God. There was revelations in God's mind that he was allowed to move around in. And he would find a revelation, put it inside him, said he had timbrels inside him that would beat. He had shofars and, and, and pipes that came out of his body. He would lift himself up because of his beauty. And he would sing this revelation into the creation. And the frequencies and the vibrations of the revelation will begin to move itself around to get ready for what God was bringing into this creation. And so he would, Jeremiah 4 said there were cities, there were birds, there were fruitful places, but there was no man. There wasn't a man. And the day came, he found the revelation of the man. All this sounds wild. I know it sounds wild, but you know. You know, having known you for this long, it doesn't sound wild anymore. Men, it probably did, but it does, especially when you read it out of the scripture. That yeah, and says, men marrying robots don't sound wild. Not I mean, well, it, well, you know, because people have been talking about marrying their cats and marrying their things. So it, yeah, it well, is wild, but. There's all kinds of sick stuff yeah, out there. Yeah, it's sick. But, it is sick. But, but here is the thing. So one day Lucifer was walking up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. He was anointed, the anointed cherub, Ezekiel 28 says. He was anointed to walk up and down in the revelations of God. And he would find the revelation. He would put it inside himself and he would lift himself up. The tambourines would beat. The shofars or the horns would sound. He would start to sing prophetically what was he found in the stones of fire. And the earth and the, cre and the creatures in it would begin to prepare themselves for what was coming. So the day came, he was walking up and down the stones of fire and he found the revelation of the man that was coming, the image and the likeness of God. It filled him with rage. It filled him with violence. And Psalm eight shows a court case that happened in heaven where he went to earnestly protest against the man that was going to be created. And he told what the man's authority was and he told what he could do. And he said, what is this man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you would visit him? You made him a little lower than the angels. But the word angels there is the word Elohim, God. That doesn't mean angels. I don't know why they translated it that. Uh, they were probably afraid. Yeah. And he said, you, you are. But it, it does mean angels, but not in that sense. It means Elohim. He said, you made him a little lower than you. Well, Hebrews 2 quotes the same psalm and says it was an angel earnestly protesting, testifying. What is a man that you're mindful of, the son of man that you would visit him? You made him a little lower than you. You crowned him with glory. You gave him dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle over everything in the earth. You gave him dominion over the paths that go through the sea, the jet streams. You gave mm. him dominion over everything. And he said, and when he backed out of that protest in the court of heaven, then I imagine all the other angels stood speechless. But when it came time to sing that song, the scripture said, when it came time to do it in Isaiah 14, he said, I will exalt my throne above the star. I will be like 
the Most High. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. In translation, it starts talking about, I will have eyebrows a back and hide. Mm. I will do this. I am going to be in this position. I am going to be like the Most High, the image and likeness. When he said that in his heart, he planted the seed of the serpent that would come. And in that day, it first showed up in that garden. And you know, it's amazing that in 2020, all of the sickness that hit the earth had the very components of snake venom, all of it. It it started showing up as seed of serpents. In other words, the when they analyze it, some, uh, someone might have, the lab might have said, was he bitten by a snake? Because it looks like he's bitten by a snake. Yeah, acts just like it. Yeah. And even what they gave you for it was, was some, some research that and said it was just more of the same. And the only thing they banned was antivenom. Oh, they and banned so, it as a treatment. Yeah. Ivermectin they use as antivenom. Uh, all the others, antivenom. They use it as antivenom. Uh, you know, my mother was bit by a deadly snake when she was 12. And they didn't know in those days what it was. So they pumped her full of all kinds of antivenom. Well, she had a, uh, she lived with, she lives with my brother. My brother had COVID. Um, um, she never caught it. Uh, she was operated on by a doctor who was over her who had COVID. She never caught it with her insides opened up. She never caught it because she's so full of antivenom. Gee. And so that's the only thing I can figure. Yeah. Well, so now let's just re- do this real quickly. So the seed of the serpent, then right after that, when as soon as Adam sinned, the Lord spoke to him about that seed. Then you see giants, hybrid races being crossbreeded. You see uh, Nimrod uh, trying to create another race. The Bible said he began to be a mighty man, or he began to be a gibberine. He began to mutate into something else. Hmm. And then it starts talking about all these hybrids. What did Hitler do? He tried to create a hybrid race. All of this starts to happen. But every time they tried to cross an angel with, because he had sowed the seed, it has to come up. Yeah. It must come up. But every time he tries to do it with a human, it brought a flood. Every time it brought a flood. And in Genesis eight and nine, when he's talking to Noah, the Lord says, it'll never again flood this way. The next time he said, man's man's plural is only evil from his youth. He's talking about government. Said the next time it comes, it'll come through government. And he figures out, uh, we figure out later, he wanted a back, eyebrows, and skin. He knows he can't do that inside a human. So, but he can in a machine. You just think about that a minute. He can do that if he can mingle men with machines. And so here is the thing. You talk about transhumanism and yeah. stuff like that. It's not so far out anymore when you start hearing people like Harari talk about 
uh, a, I mean, uh, cyborgs and start talking about mingling. When they asked him, they said, will we be human anymore? He said, not as you know, human, you won't be human anymore. They said, he said, it'll happen just like pulling a screen down and all at once, everything will change. Everything will change. And he says, uh, we're going beyond the God of the Bible because the God of the Hebrew Bible only managed to create tomatoes, uh, trees, giraffes, and humans. This is what Harari said, right? Yeah. And he said, but we're going to now go beyond the God of the Bible and create artificial intelligence with non-carbon-based bodies. Now, what is he talking about? What's he? You know, what's his scheme? Why? You know, why is he doing this? Why is he? And you know what else was said, Steve? This what? was said. It said, um, and if you don't get on board, listen to this. They won't need you as a serf or a slave. He only mentioned three classes of people: they, serfs, and slaves. So it sounds to me like something's already been planned. This is the plan of the enemy. The seed of the serpent is trying to be pushed into the earth, and it's all attributed to 2020. When the same guy said this, 2020 is the year that men agreed to be surveyed under the skin. I heard that. It's so evil. So this is the seed of the serpent, and it has the same enzymes as serpent. It's, it was a prophecy talking about how it was going to happen, how it was going to be done. And see, but we think, and you see all this, this things come up. Well, it was a, you know, it was a real serpent that mated with this. No, he's talking about a prophecy that it would be, seed of serpent it's and the what do you see happening and now it's led to ais and it's led to cyborgs and it's led to all of this and they attribute it to 2020 now i want to ask you a question you said uh oh that's wild isn't it i sounded way it is wild it is wild but it's it's something that and i'm going to need to hear it over and over again honestly uh, you said the prophets are way out in front of this artificial, or you said they're out yeah. in front. Yeah. Here's here's what I want to, this is the other question. We've got about 10 minutes. Sure. The, uh, it's like 20 years ago, 22 years ago, I was thinking there was a, a, a woman prophet. She's not well known. She's probably, most of you, if I said her name, you'd go, I've never heard that name before. Uh, I don't even know if she's still, uh, maybe she's with the Lord by now. But she had said about 22 years ago, we are entering a time when everybody, every Christian needs to have a prophet in his his or her back pocket or hip pocket. And her point was at the time she said that the prophets were like one hand, you know, Bob Jones, yeah. Rick Joyner, Paul. Yeah. But and I thought when she said that, I knew that I knew that I knew she was right. And I have made it my purpose to I was already doing the Elijah list at that time anyway. But I wanted to make it my goal to stay in touch with prophets, a number of them. I should obviously right. what I do. What do you right. think about that? And how does a person who says, Well, I don't have any prophet to speak into my life? What would you tell people how to find someone to speak in their life? Yeah, but see, but see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Every person is prophetic. 
And you're prophetic. Uh, other, all believers are prophetic. They may not walk in the office of a prophet, right? But they are prophetic, and they're the prophets of their own lives. You have three anointings: king, priest, and prophet. And it's all inside you right now for your own life. Now, here is the thing where people where people get off, in my opinion. Okay. And it's not just my opinion. They get off. The reason they get off is because they get off of that. Off the word. They, they get off the word. See, every prophecy we've talked about today was within the pages of the word. Did you notice that? Yeah, it was. Every bit of it was within the the framework of the word itself. And so you have to set every prophecy given on the Bible. It must be able to sit on the Bible or it's not. There's nothing strong enough to hold it. This book here. Okay. Uh, For example. Yeah. uh, 10 minutes. Here's for example. Watch this. Um, You know, you're. You're in the, the Bible says in Isaiah 46, 10, God declares the end from the beginning, from ancient times, the things that haven't happened yet. So if you take the end from the beginning, the beginning is the book of Genesis. So you've got the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. So if you went in Genesis going backwards, you should be able to read Revelation going forward. So if you start in Genesis chapter uh, of Revelation going forward, you find this, you find what is the history, what comes next for the church. Well, there's going to come the end of the age. When the end of the age comes, there'll be a rapture of the church. When the rapture of the church takes place right after that, there'll be tribulation start on the, on the earth, right? At the, and then, then when the tribulation starts to be those with a mark, killing those without a mark, then you get to the end of the tribulation. You find the battle of Armageddon, the battle for Jerusalem, so forth, where Jesus returns, puts his foot on the head of the enemy and so forth. Then we enter into the millennial reign where it's perfect for a thousand years. Then at the end of a thousand years, Satan's loose from a little season for a little season. And he goes about in the earth to tempt the earth one more time. Then at the end of that, he's taken alive, cast into the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet are. And then the scripture says, God is all in all. Okay, then it, uh, then you go back to the very beginning. Well, if you go in the book of Genesis, find the end of an age, it's Noah's Ark in Genesis 7. So if you start in Noah's Ark, that's the end of the age. The Ark door shuts. At the end of the age, you should be able to go backward in Genesis and you find a rapture. Go back to Genesis 5 and you find Enoch being raptured away, translated. And then you go back to the after that, you should find the tribulation. You get to Genesis 4, you find a man with a mark, Cain, who killed his brother without a mark, Abel. So you've got the tribulation going on. At the end of the tribulation, you find Jesus putting his foot on the head of the enemy, Genesis 3.15. And the seed of the serpent steps on the head of the seed of, uh, of uh, seed of the woman steps on the head of the seed of the serpent. Then after that, you go into the thousand year millennial reign, Genesis chapter two, everything's perfect and beautiful. At the end of that, you see Satan loose for a little season and you go up to Genesis chapter one, about verse two and three, and the earth becomes without form and void and chaotic again. At wow. the end of that, then he's put down and it goes to Genesis chapter one, verse one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So you've got everything exists within the confines of the scripture. And so if you get off the word, you're going to prophesy something according to you or according to conspiracy. 
if, if Satan can get a prophet on conspiracy, prophesying, and Isaiah says, don't prophesy conspiracy. If you start prophesying conspiracy, yeah, then the government and anti-religious uh, stuff floods the internet with, with crazy, stupid things. And a prophet starts prophesying according to conspiracy there, then nobody listens. Hmm. But when a prophecy is a when a prophet is ahead of AI, ahead of the internet, ahead of the computers, and starts talking about what somebody's thinking or discussing in their yeah. bed chain, yeah, then you start being a concern to a government, concern to a regime, concern to those who are in evil places. Get in the word. Look at the word. I and it, the word. I absolutely one thousand percent agree. And and what I think maybe the angle that I'm I'm lobbying for, and you can tell me no, no, that's not it, is that I've never met a, a prophet, a saw I mean an office of a prophet who wasn't from time to time helped by another prophet giving him a word of direction or correction. Um, um, and so that's the part that I'm talking about. Everything you said is a 100% I agree, but even the prophets need from time to time a direction from another prophet, right? Would you agree with that? Yes, but that, that prophecy that comes from another prophet better agree with that book. Well, right. That's, that's to me, I I guess it's given, but I, I, the day I first met you, you appropriately elevate the word of God. And I'm sorry, I have no no criticism for that. Um, but see, it's, it is a given to you and I. Yeah, okay. But it's not a given to other people. Okay. That you hear people, that they, they prophesy and they talk about prophecy, but when I mention the word, they don't, they don't spend time in it. Okay. You have to know the written word. Why? Because the word became flesh and dwelled among us. The written word is... Everything has to sit on this. And this is why it's so dangerous to hunt lost books. Yeah. You're saying you don't believe God had enough foresight to give us the entire word at the end time that we're supposed to have this and then spend our time while Satan runs like a, a wild jackal through the earth. We're hunting lost books of the Bible, like we're hunting lost episodes of Bananas. Well, you know, that's interesting because you're applying, and if I can say it this way, this is Steve's language, okay? You're actually applying logic because you're saying, if you don't believe that this is enough in this word, if you don't believe it, then you're saying, poor God, when that thing was encoded, poor God, he, he didn't, he wasn't able to get it all in, so... Yeah. So some he's just allowing people to go hunt and peck and find other things. You're saying that's not even logical is what I'm hearing you say. It's only logical that it, when he encoded it, he put it all there. He yeah. didn't make a mistake, right? So Yeah, and he was able to get it to us, and the Qumran Caves proves we have it in our hand. Yeah. I mean, he gave us hints all along the way. But, Steve, if you spend your time looking for a lost book, yeah. Like I said, like you're looking for the lost episodes of Bonanza, you know, you start looking for these lost episodes in the Bible. Yeah. You'll find yourself, Satan's ahead of you. Yeah. He's ahead of you because you're, you're just, 
you're hunting something to set. Okay. It's like this, you know, the Mormon church, for example, their prophet, Joseph Smith. See, all prophecy has to be set yeah. on the scripture. All right, but this wouldn't support his prophecy. No. So they wrote another book to set it on. So it's a whole nother book they set it yeah. on. And it agrees with that book, but not with this book. So you have to, you can't start hunting lost books. Yeah. Because a man can write a book to support his own ideas. Hitler wrote Mein Kampf. It's also to support his own ideas. And Rules for Radicals, remember, was written and dedicated to Lucifer. And everything is set on that. And you, you have to remember, there are no lost books. Yeah, that's good. God was big enough to get it to because them. if you say there's lost books, then you then you by by saying that you're saying God lost him. God lost him. And he couldn't get them to us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, he's he's just hoping someone will find some of his lost books. So we all yeah. get out and start looking. Okay, well yeah. you say, Well, the book of Enoch's quoted in the Bible, yes. But only the scriptures, only the, the quotes that ended up in the book were the were the inspired ones or it would have never ended up in the book you have to believe if you're going to keep saying all the time god is sovereign god is sovereign god is sovereign well dear god at least believe he was sovereign enough to get us the real book yeah that's true but true robin so anyway i, I really good really good um well we're going to have i ask you to pray in a minute is there anything else you want to say before we uh, do that no, I guess not. We're going to make it on time. You did good, and I think you're right, too, because it's easy for me to say, well, yeah, 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 we all we all know that it's the book. I mean, but you're right. You and I know it. I mean, yeah, my right. entire existence is based on the Word of God, and if somebody yeah. says something that's anti. And one other thing I want to say, someone, I get written, too, from time to time. This happened this week. Someone said, well, I don't know. I First of all, two things. I don't want to move. My wife wants us to pack up and move to another state. Now, he's inferred. By the way, he said that she wanted to go move to Alabama to your church. He didn't quite come out and say it. He said, the yeah. other thing is I'm having this problem with Robin Bullock because he'll say this word means that and this word means that in the Bible. And I look at my concordance in my Greek and my Hebrew and I don't find it. My, my response to him is most of the things where Robin will drill down and find a word and understand the meaning, these are not salvation issues. He's trying to show you the intent well. of Scripture that he has dug out of the word and the words do have you know, those connections. What are your thoughts on that? You know, here is, here's the thing about that. Yeah. If I tell you a word yeah. in Hebrew is this, or in Greek is this, I didn't throw that out. Right. I didn't make that up. I, I I'd like to see the word he's talking about. Sure. I mean, I don't think he's, because, he gave because, an example. See, here's the thing. He might, he might, somebody might've looked in the online dictionary and hunted it. I don't yeah. know, but yeah. I'm not going to preach something and, and say something about a word from the word. Yeah. I don't take that lightly. Yeah. So, so the accusation of that, I did this or did that, well, you know, uh, I, I can show you every word I say yeah. and where I got it from. Uh, I don't know about this other stuff. As yeah, far, as, yeah. wanting to, as, far yeah. as wanting to move to Alabama, dear God, man, if you don't have a peace in your heart, stay where you are. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Dear God, don't, don't move across town 
unless you have yeah, my comment is is my if anyone that's ever asked me that question i say if husband and wife don't 100 percent agree on a move don't move right you know and and let me show you how you <laughs> got know you. i got you going right before you yeah, go ahead liberals and stuff like that i'm yeah. not saying this person's a liberal but what yeah. i'm saying is is uh, satan knows how to create a narrative yeah. if if he was going to ask some, some something about steve he would go to somebody this is the way his operatives would work why did steve schultz say this or this or this or how come he said something that's not in the translation when he said it was in the translation? He didn't say if. Yeah. He didn't leave any room for mistake. He quoted it as a fact. And you know what? What do you do when I sit around and show? And if I was to open up the book and say, here it is. Here's what it says in Hebrew. And this is what it means in Hebrew. This is in your Strong's Concordance. What about that? And then, you know, what all they would say, oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, you know what? But they said, oh, I didn't see that after they slandered you all the way across the whole nation. Yeah. Saying it wasn't so. It wasn't so. You know, you need to be careful when you don't study. If you're going to really study, good. then study. If I need correcting, I'll receive correction. I don't mind that. I don't want to be right, Steve, just so that I can say Robin's right. Yeah. I want to be accurate. I want to be right because I'm looking to help everybody I can. That's true. And myself. But this stuff about, well, he, he said this meant that, and I, it don't bear out in this. You'd better prove that. <laughs> That's good. And you better study before you do it because I don't just throw a word out like that. Well, I, yeah, and I suppose people took it to look at the, three main definitions and they'll say, well, those three, but they don't drill down to the other definitions that are also listed as meanings. They'll get the top three and say, it's not in those top three. Therefore it doesn't exist. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? Don't, they don't, yeah. they don't dig, dig deep. Well, so, I, I, what it is to me, it's not the person. Yeah. It, I guess it, it's, it is aggravating, but here's the thing. Satan seeks to discredit the word. He constantly tries to discredit the word and what they're going to do. If you don't buckle down on it, an AI can write a sermon out of the word. That one just happened to be accurate, but I'm telling on some points, but what happens when it writes one that's not accurate? Yeah. And then all at once, uh, even if the very elect is deceived, you better stay with the book and you, you need to study. Don't just look in the Strong's concordance and say, yeah. well, here's the Strong's, this word, this word, this word. Look at the root word that that word came from. That's right. Then follow the next root word where that came from. That's right. Because when God said light, he meant every possible definition of that word when he said it. And you have to find out what pertains to you and what pertains to the devil and what pertains to something else just and, need. To yeah. Start. And you know what did I, I happened to take a course in this as it relates to English. Uh, and I thought, Oh, it was called, I don't know, it was advanced grammar or something. And they went, the whole quarter was going back and finding the root and the root of the root and where this was first used in the English language. We have that in English as well. And we sure. go, well, why did that word come into be? Well, we'll look at the, 
look at what those words came from and what it was based on and then what was based on that. That's what you're saying. And, and we well, have to do that with Hebrew and Greek as well. You have to do it in Hebrew because one word can have 26 meanings. To yeah. it. And God meant them all. Yeah. Every one of them. Oh, that's interesting. Now, what pertains to you? If this is why God's word is so far ahead of any AI generator, uh, it would crash an AI for for it to try to take every single meaning of every single word in Hebrew and compute it at one time. It couldn't do it, mm. and then it sure could never lay it in context. A human spirit does that. Yeah. So That's I'm good. not out preaching uh, error. That's good. Uh, I'm not out trying to deceive people. I got better things to do. Yeah, very good. Well, Robin, do you feel like praying for the people as we close? I do. (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah, go ahead. Lord, I pray right now. Yes. I pray out of Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. Lord, I pray that the eyes of the people's understanding would be enlightened, that they would know what is the hope of their calling and what the riches of the glory of their inheritance in the, of your inheritance in their, them, the saints. Lord God, I ask you to reveal to them their destiny. Show them where they are in Scripture. Sure, I will. I'll tell them that, Lord. Yeah. I certainly will do that. Yeah. Go through the Scripture, my brother and sister. I heard the Lord say, beloved. And I, I never call anybody beloved. He must have said that. Go through the New Testament and find every scripture that says in him, in whom, in Christ. And underline and highlight those scriptures because the Lord said, that's you. That's who you are. You found yourself in the scripture. That's really good. In whom, in him, in Christ. Well, that's you. You're in him. You're in Christ. Find it in there, and that's you. You've located yourself in prophecy at that moment. And start prophesying that. Start saying that, and you'll get out ahead of today into tomorrow. All right. Wow, wow, Robin. Now, um, tell people, though, you have two places. Maybe just tell people. It's always Robin D. Bullock, with or without yes. the period, maybe. But then tell the people where, where to go. Uh, where you got two places, plus... The Church International, we can put one of those or, or both. Well, you can go to robindbullock.com okay. and uh, everything that I'm doing will be there. Come from you there, they go. can get to the other places. Yeah, I think you can get to churchint.org there right here. from there. Yeah, all lowercase stuff. Just put robindbullock.com. From there, you can get to the church, uh, Church International. Uh, we do. Um, There's that one uh, too. I do the 11th hour on Tuesdays. Um, and everything, you know, uh, we're, we're having to, we're in a spiritual war, Steve. Yeah. And we're having to have more intelligence briefings. They people, I wish people would go back and listen to the intelligence briefings you and yeah. I did together. Yeah. We need to probably get you on just a little bit more often than we do because people miss you and there's all, you always got good stuff coming up and we're coming up to some intense times, I think. So we, we've got to get you back here. And God maybe... Go ahead. No, go ahead, brother. No, I just say God bless you and uh, Lady Robin as well. I never know what to call her. Lady Robin, Pastor Robin, one of those two. Either one. She is the pastor of the the church. And she's got an amazing voice. She sang at the the Garden Tomb. And that's the first time I was heard heard her sing in person. 
Because yeah. uh, I see her on seeing online, but she's in the band, right. and so everybody's right. harmonizing. But this one was just kind of her, and I go, "Wow!" Oh, she, you know? her voice was the reason we worked all those years playing. You know, <laughs> that was amazing. She's got an amazing voice. So she that does. was such a special time. I'll always look at all those places. You know, we did yeah. the Sea of Galilee. You did talked a lot about this with the him prophesying. Uh, I say I will be where the devil's prophesying himself. I will be like the most. Mm -hmm. We did that even on Sea of Galilee. We did the Garden Tomb. We did Mount Carmel. Um, yeah. I did. Did you hear that? Uh, did you hear that uh, Timothy Dixon prophesied to you about being on Mount Carmel? I did. I heard that. I, I saw it. There came across it the other day. Mine, you know? Yeah, he said after you after you prophesied on Mount Carmel, everything changed. Or something for you. It's like a promotion. It sounds like to me. Well, I I know this. After I gave that prophetic word on Mount Carmel, all hell broke loose. Really? Here. Oh, I mean, it wasn't but a few minutes. They started calling from the office. I mean, we stirred up hell, huge, Steve. And uh, it's a showdown. It has begun now. Wow. We we have to hold the course. Everybody has to hold the course right now. And uh, we just, uh, the prophecy on Masada, then the prophecy at Shiloh. And then there's a prophecy that I gave in the middle of Jerusalem, you know, at, at that yeah. meeting that night. Yeah. We're going to post that next too. Yeah, you're, you're, you're getting them all posted, are you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah that's really they, good. Just look on my YouTube channel and you can see the, the one at Shiloh was so powerful. It was. That was. I, and that worship session was second to none, man. I mean, you and Steve Swanson, he was able yeah, to get sounds. I, I wish I had all that music. I don't know I if we have that. that one. We'll have to ask Michael and Jeff if, it, yeah. if that's all recorded. But he he was getting the sounds that you were asking for, whether it was uh, drums mm -hmm. or whether I thought, man, I, yeah. I would look away and I'd think, is Steve Swanson doing that by himself? Yeah. He was yeah. the accompaniment, the, the harmonization for the accompaniment, the, the reeds, the amazing. woodwinds. Yeah. It's like amazing so all right well listen good talking to you thank you god you bless too, you it's very very rich and we will see let's see a quick that tomorrow is yvonne and tea by the way we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about a boomerang in the spirit that the lord is prophesying and she's also going to be talking about some heavenly encounters but do not miss yvonne tomorrow at 11 pacific so we'll see you all later thank you again god bless you Shalom. this has been elijah streams thanks for listening for more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.